Support for this podcast comes from Owens Corning Air Care Contractor Program. Uncover hidden opportunities and take your HVAC business to the next level with Owens Corning. Owens Corning has done the work to provide you with a turnkey system, from sales training to in-home tools, with a simple story that practically sells itself. Add duct replacement and attic insulation to your service offering as part of our program and elevate your sales today. For more information, visit owenscorning.com slash retrofit contractor. Welcome to the Successful Contractor, powered by Success Group International, a show for residential contractors about residential contractors. We chronicle business journeys, share insights, and celebrate successes in this wonderful industry. I'm your host, Bob Houchin. Hello there, SGI family and other contractor friends. I'm so thankful you're here. As a reminder, all episodes of the Successful Contractor Show are available on YouTube, as well as your podcast player of choice. Today's show is a great discussion I had with Brian Leach of Service Legends in Des Moines, Iowa, a residential service and replacement HVAC and now plumbing company. Brian joined SGI in 2004 and he quickly became a rising superstar within the organization and really home services. Uh, this company jumped quickly from a million dollars in sales to more than $5 million. He built a state-of-the-art building. Everything seemed perfect until it wasn't. Service Legends unraveled around 2010. Brian lost roughly $750,000. Over the next 10 plus years, Service Legends and Brian changed and grew a great deal. In this interview, Brian details how the business slipped, as well as how he's resurrected the company to its very best form yet. Service Legends is on target to hit $13.3 million at double-digit net profit in 2021. So over this more than 70-minute conversation, Brian bared everything. And in the process, he offered more than a dozen critical thoughts and concepts that would benefit any owner-operator of a mid-to-large residential contracting company. So... With that being said, here's my discussion with Brian Leach of Service Legends in Des Moines, Iowa. I hope you enjoy it and take away a nugget or two. Brian, thank you so very, very much for being on the show today. I've uh, I've had you on my list for a long time. We've known each other a super long time, and you've got a great story. I'm eager for people to learn it. Uh, for those uh, tuning in, could you please share with them uh, your name, your company name, and where you're located? Yes, Brian Leach. Uh... Service Legends, located in central Iowa, in the Des Moines compound, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was going to say, are you guys servicing now uh, well beyond outside Des Moines, or are you pretty much try to keep within that metro metro area? Yeah, we we've uh, we've stayed within that sixty mile radius of the capital, and um, still plenty of market share to gobble up in other sure. affinities. And yeah, you know, I heard Des Moines really becoming a new new hot spot in terms of people relocating. Have you found that? I mean, are, are housing prices skyrocketing and you're getting transplants? Um, I think it's been that way for a while, uh, ultimately yeah. because the um, income opportunities are really good here. Uh -huh. And um, on top of that, the cost of living is really decent. So right. I think you got a good ratio of that uh, for wealth building and success. And, and right. it, yeah. Yeah, you don't you don't have to pay a million dollars for a twelve hundred square foot house here. Sure, like some yeah. parts of the country. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that will left go unsaid. Yeah, and I was going to say when I visited you many years ago, I was really impressed with how nice downtown was. I mean, walkability seems safe. Yep. Uh, I, I really Des Moines a nice a nice spot. Oh, so. and they've 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 ten xed it since then. They've they've it's really high. really upgraded a lot. It's well. 
that explains why things are trending in the right direction. So, uh, not, but not, yeah, quite the, not quite the plaza down in uh, Kansas City, but <laughs> it's City, it's right. working its way there. It's getting there. It's getting there. You go. Well, we're not here to, to do an advertisement for Des Moines. We're uh, sure. we're here to talk. <laughs> we're here to talk business. Um, you guys, I know, have had a great. Uh, well, you've had a great run for a while, but really strong last couple of years when we last talked. Uh, uh, I think at an expo a couple, I guess eight, 12 months ago, whatever it was. Kind of share with everyone how uh, how revenue has been been tracking the last couple of years. So uh, last year uh, we were just just a little over 10, and we're we're on target for our budget this year, uh, 13.3. Um, that's great. So that's what we're on target for. So this this has been a uh, 2020 was good. 2021 2021's great. Um, that's great. So this is probably the first time in the history of the company that we've done, a pr I would say, a pretty good job of balancing growth and profitability. So yeah, um, we've 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 experienced some uh, strong pro operating profit improvements. Um, That's great. Some good gross margin stabilization and predictability, and and uh, and growth on top of it. Usually, That's it's one or the other for me. I, right. I had a hard time. Uh, over the years, getting both done, right, right, right. Well, or sure. make it profitable, but you know, both was was a challenge. <laughs> For sure. Well, no, I, you know, in talking to more and more people and doing this a long time, it really seems like that. The, the more you grow aggressively, it takes. There's like a year or two, if not more, where you got to catch your breath and figure out how to do it profitably. So, yeah, you know, I guess it sounds like you're hitting your stride in that regard. Yep, I'd say less throwing money at problems and and throwing. Um, Good coaching and leadership at, right. at challenges instead of money. For so, sure, for sure. Yeah. Now, how of that uh, of that that you know revenue you're you're expecting to hit this year? How many how many team members do you have these days? Do you have a ballpark idea? Yeah, I can pull up the month to date, and it's got a little team number, uh, and I believe it's seventy right now. Seventy. There um, you go. It, and that's coming up off of uh, I think sixty at the beginning of the year. So we've added, okay. added quite a few positions. That's great. That's wonderful. Yeah. Very good. Now, our, um, now let's let's talk real quick. Do you know how many uh, like inst? I mean, this is granular, and if you don't have it, it's no big deal. How many how many install teams do you guys run in these days? So we run uh, four solid, um, yeah. and we're we we go up to five. Um, mm -hmm. So we're we're gearing in into the five right now. I think we got one more. I think we may have just filled the position for the fifth crew. Okay. Here's Excellent. what we found. Here's what we found in the last few years. Um, last, actually, very specific, the last two years, um, we growing 20%. Uh, the installation team's capacity mm -hmm. is outgrowing our business, meaning how much each crew and each team can do in a year. Um, right. So they're they're starting to hit that mastery level, I think, um, at least as far as you know we're concerned, and and we were finding that uh, um, they were able to digest 30, 35% more revenue than they were in, in former years. And uh, wow. so, so it was interesting because yeah. I, I mean, I remember having four crews at half our revenue. If I go back far enough. Now, yep. are these, are these crews all been with you a long time? Yep. Yeah. They're almost wow. all journeyman. So that's excellent. Um, yep. Is it, it just been continuous training and um, just, uh, I mean, just mastering, I guess, the craft after after so much time? Yep, and fine tuning efficiencies. I think one other supporting component of it is um, higher average tickets from our sales mm -hmm. team. 
you know, we've, got it. we've shifted from 7,500 to north of 10 now. And, and that's great. Following the heels of others that, and, you know, we're still following because there's guys out there with 16 and $17,000 average tickets. And sure. So sure. gross margins are enhanced. Um, doesn't right. take, doesn't take twice as long to put a $17,000 system in as it does right. a, an $8,000 system. So right. for we're sure. seeing that efficiency come, it's both as a result of mastery in the installation team and then the sales team uh, doing some higher end systems. Sure. Now you do a combination, right, of comfort advisor and selling techs, correct? They're all advisors now. Oh, they're all advisors now. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we're not advisors. Advisors. I mean, we've yeah. got, I mean, we've got uh, at least half of our sales team could run service calls. They just don't. Right. Sure. So, um, so we have house. the ability to, to swing back that direction if, if it starts making sense. But right now we're really focused on the really in the in the service department on the HVAC side of it, the pathing of maintenance technician to diagnostic technician. Um, and both of those have a um, primary focus of mastering the fundamentals, uh, building value, offering options, and club membership emphasis, learning the trade, and indoor air quality sales. And mm -hmm. so then from there, they branch into more specialized of opportunity team running older calls in the lead generation side of the business and going over options with homeowners in that category. And that's, that is becoming our launch pad into um, the sales side of it. So it's about, again, about half of our team is, does not have HVAC experience on the sales team, um, specifically from a technical standpoint, the other half does. So, yeah. yeah. For the, um, for the, those with a technical background that kind of are raised through the ranks, what yes. what must they master? What do you what are there certain KPIs they must routinely hit to earn the right to sell? Well, uh, I'm incredibly been fascinated with for the last three years of even before the KPI side of it, just the the matrix of of uh, hungry, humble, smart. If they don't have that trifecta, there's going to be a right. challenge. Patrick Lencioni's book, Ideal Team Player. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so we're we're really paying attention to that, but it's mm -hmm. it's the, more to your question. It's it's really verified competency in um, capacity to present options mm -hmm. and to and to ask for the order. And and what we're looking for is an increased threshold in each person's uh, buying paradigms, mm -hmm. meaning how much money do they think is too, is a lot of money. And so we're looking for the growth in their mindset of, of if, fi you know, if $500 is a lot of money to that person, they're not ready to sell something that's 15,000. Right. And so, right. so as they, as they get good closing and, um, good average tickets, you know, then it, then it shifts into, um, lead generation and, and the effectiveness of that. And, uh, so it's important for us as a company to balance, um, not only the performance metrics, but the client experience, um, cause mm -hmm. otherwise it's short lived. I mean, you, right. you can, we can, we can run dollars per lead up and closing up, sure. but if that, but we want that, we want the client experience to, to, uh, be as profound as that on the on the other side too so sure yeah i was going to say uh the industry is more transparent than at any point i can remember over the last 20 years there's countless websites people can leave reviews and i 
let's yeah. let's let's toot your horn. I, I checked you guys out last night. I think you got like what, two thousand reviews and a four point nine star. Google, yep. I mean that's that's incredible. Um, you know, you just have to be that. You know, you can turn through lots of calls, but if you don't do a good job of servicing the homeowner and making them happy, people find out real quick. You bet. Yeah. Yep. Well, before we keep digging into the business, uh, and there's lots to cover because you guys have done a lot over the last you know 15, 20 years. I love sharing people's stories. I think a lot can be learned from from the trials and tribulations people have had to navigate. Uh, to sure. get to where they are today, as much as they're just talking us nuts and bolts. So you have a great story, one that I, I used to always love to to talk about and, and promote through our own marketing. But you were you were that young guy, like what, 21, with a yeah, beat up truck, knocking on doors. I, I I'll stop there. I'll let you take over because it is a it is a great story. Well, it is, and the story shifted as I've gotten more clarity. Um, <laughs> you know, I, more authentic, I guess, and even telling this story. Because I used yeah. to say, oh, I just wanted to change the industry, and and it was all, you know, it was all um, the the client experience just wasn't good in in this type of business, and I wanted to make a difference. And the reality yeah. was, um, I was a hot headed, um, <laughs> driven, didn't trust the world type young man, and so yeah. really that's where the entrepreneurial seizure happened. Is I I I don't really trust anybody with my path, and so. I'm just going right. to go take hold of it. And um, it wasn't the healthiest. It was the fuel that that was needed at the time to push through. But sure. um, it certainly wasn't the healthiest. It didn't that didn't play well later in my leadership years. Right. <laughs> right. Angry, controlling, driven, um, obstinate, you know, stubborn. Yeah, I had to grow out of that to to actually experience success. But at the beginning, that's what it was started out as. And and I had uh, I had seven. $150 saved up. Um, yeah. And it might have been 850. It was right around in there. But um, I was working for a small heating and air conditioning company and uh, they were they were on the verge of belly up. It was out of their house, you know, and right. just spent money faster than you could make it. And sure. And uh, ended up um, ended up in a direction of uh, all right, well, I'm gonna give this a shot and uh, spent 350 bucks on a used service van and Spent another 300 or so on a motor, like back when you could buy a crate motor for that much. And right, paid buddy, right. Paid a buddy of mine at Case Beer to help me put the motor in to the <laughs> van that came from the junkyard. Right. That had, it, I mean, it was hurt near Fred Flintstone operatable. You know, you, you had holes in the floorboards and tools right. could fall out. I spent my last chunk of money, uh, you know, it's around 50 bucks. I said, how many, how many to the print shop, how many flyers can I get for $50? And didn't even have a phone yet. Um, so I had my beeper number at the bottom right. and, uh, and I started knocking on doors, handing out, handing out flyers and, and then, you know, two main challenges right out of the gates where I, when I did this, I didn't have any clients. Um, right. And then the other was I didn't have a mechanical license and to be a licensed mechanical contractor. So after I did a few jobs, illegally without the mechanical license um yeah. got a little bit of, you know a couple months in and and was feeling some pressure i better get that license uh yeah. and so i bought spent a few hundred bucks and bought the books used went to study so i went to go take the test so i knew how to study for it and i accidentally yeah. passed oh. so you had to have you got, had to get a 75 and and i got a 74.7 or 8 or something like that and yeah. they rounded it up and I passed nice. and I'm like, woohoo, I'm a licensed mechanical contractor that doesn't really know what he's doing, but I figured okay. it out. 
He figured <laughs> so, it out. Yeah, let's go yeah. make some money. And yeah. uh, let's see, that was what, 2000? Early, it was early 2000s, right? Late 90s? Uh, June of 97. 97, okay. And then you found us in 04, I think, right? Yeah, it would have been so, uh, almost winter of 04. I uh, bounced a check to become a part of the group. Uh, <laughs> and a, Heard that story. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I had a bank that, I don't know, it must have been eight, ten years into the journey. I'm like, why did you ever loan me money? He's like, well, sometimes you just got to bet on a good thing and hope it works out. Because yeah. my banker was, it was a small bank, you know. Sure. His his dad was president. And, and <laughs> I, I was I was the topic of a few board meetings, and he was taking some heat for a season. Right. <laughs> for, sure. for a season, I like that. Yeah. Um, but, a season but you, maybe a few years. <laughs> right, right, right. A long season. Uh, that's funny. Well, you, you know, I always admired cause I met, I started uh, early 2004 and, and I just, you know, you did a great job of, of networking with a lot of the big players at the time, still who are big players today. And, and obviously yep. you, you've come a long, long way. Talk about that, you know, gosh, we're closing in 18, 20 years. What was that journey like? Like, uh, you know, what struggles did you hit along the way? I think you didn't around the recession. Didn't, didn't you guys hit a little, little rough spot? Like a lot of, a lot of people did. Yeah, but it, for me, it was self-inflicted. Um, so we, I implemented the elements of the model that yeah. were most attractive to me at the time, mm -hmm. meaning marketing guarantees. It was all the, I'm going to say the flashier components of it. Um, yeah. it. That stuff fit my personality. So we grew really, really fast. Right. Um, and to the point where, I mean, I remember in 2006, I had a knock on the door I had 23 employees out of my 1200 square foot house oh, wow. um, and this was a residential area. And so, you know, 10, 12 vans parked on the street and I got a knock from a county official um, that said, you need a building. Um, this is residential <laughs> and nobody can get down the street, you know, and, yeah. and he's like, and he serves me the notice. And so then we built the building and yeah. And uh, uh, you know, pretty sizable building. I, I had kind of, laid it out so that it, it could carry us into 10 million revenue and um now all this extra overhead comes flying in and sure, from sure. i think it was about 2007 2010 or something like that um the all the pieces of the model that i chose not to really dig into which would be more mm -hmm. the operational stuff um, sure. the financials the mathematics the formulas yeah. the pricing formulas all the wonderful stuff that makes it profitable and in a three-year period, I lost three quarters of a million dollars in three years. Oh wow! So, yeah. So yeah. that that journey, um, well, I wouldn't want to live it again, but I also wouldn't want to take it away because it was what broke me as a leader um, yeah. to be rebuilt the right way. And right. Uh, it was, you know, little phrases like uh, "revenue is vanity, profit is sanity." I yeah. mean, I was an, I was I was such a poser. At the end of the day, I was like, "Yeah, we're the biggest in Des Moines. Yeah. Biggest what? Biggest liability on your balance sheet? Um, right. You know." And sure. so, so it was painful. I mean, it put me to my knees in tears, and and I thought I thought it was all gonna collapse. And yeah, and uh, it was in that breaking moment that uh, I was humbled, and yeah. my leadership um, and characteristics began to shift. And that was a hard fought battle for a few years. I mean, sure. A lot of money to lose, and, right, and right. a lot of leadership issues on my part to prune off. I mean, there, yeah. 
I had a lot of not so favorable traits, critical controlling, not trusting, all of that stuff from my younger years was catching yeah. up to me. So. I, I think a lot of that, we see that a lot though with, with business owners. I mean, to build something of, of size, it takes a, a, a level of drive that normal people don't have, right? But there are yep. those those fall fallbacks, those issues with that. And, and, yep. and you're right, to, to grow something sustainably, you have to learn to control that. So what, what did you do to help I mean, you, you obviously had the, well, the realization because of the money, but, but you realized you couldn't just, you couldn't keep selling yourself out of that, that hole. You had to learn, right. you had to grow as a person, as an operator. What, you know, what did you do to come to that realization and to improve the, and to improve your operation? Well, after my pity party, you know, on my knees <laughs> crying and praying, um, yeah. literally it was the first time I'd surrendered and, uh, surrendered any of my control over anything and i was i was throwing a temper tantrum like in a yeah. conversation in prayer really i mean i was like yeah. fine i'll just go do it missions in africa or whatever i was throwing a freaking fit and yeah. and i just got this calm sense over me that it said it's not about what you do it's about the man you become mm. so yeah. that broke me i mean broke yeah. me now the tears are really flying but then right you know right after that the next season was there was a lot of clarity and humility. Tactically, um, I went and built Excel spreadsheets and figured out how to use Excel and figured out where the problems were from a pricing standpoint. I opened Instapix back up and, yeah, and yeah. read past page four and took went a little deeper. <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, you know, I mean, this it's five million in revenue at the time. You know, we we started in yeah, SGI at a million. So yeah. um, I don't know how I got to five by only reading the first four pages, but that was kind of the reality of it. And so yeah. I, I got back into it and I, I just chose to do some of the disciplines that the business needed, uh, kind yeah. of figured things out. And then we raised the prices almost 50% as soon as I discovered it. And yeah. that, that put the sales team from a 70% closing uh, down to a 20. And right. so now we're in big, big trouble. So right. it even got worse, you know, for a season. And so um, I really had to take a slow grind, took a few weeks to really build into the belief system of that yeah. team. And, and yeah. uh, we went through some processes for that um, sure. that were lengthy and, and in-depth. And, and then from there, um, I'm, I'm going to just call out a temporary Band-Aid bailout. But then, then, yeah. then the journey of culture really yeah. became uh, important over the next several years. And, right. and surrounding myself with people that were core value matches and establishing who we were going right. to be in the ad identity system of the company and, and what, what we'll tolerate and what we won't. And, and so yeah. then from that, um, then the next journey. Uh, so now then I started attracting good, good talent around me, right. um, but was still making mistakes as a leader because I was still pretty controlling. Um, sure. and, and it took hiring a couple real key leaders that were strong. Yeah. Um, that, that weren't yes people to me, but they would mm -hmm. challenge me and yeah. um, they would push back and and from that would become better solutions, more clarity. And eventually most of the control issues I had was stripped away and I had to learn to trust. And right. and that's where prosperity started to come into play in this. Wow. You, you hit about three major things, themes that we need to we need to unpack a little bit. So let's sure. start from. From the ground and work our way up. Um, yep. 
when you when you and because we see this a lot with new members and 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 I know there's members that are listening. They're probably going, oh yeah, that's me. We, you know, we tell people all the time, you got to raise prices. Once you do the model and you determine what your gross margin is and what you need to, to net at the bottom of it, you're like, hey, yeah. you just need to raise prices. And then that happens. Their closing percentages tank and they're at 20%. And then they've got salespeople whose egos were like, well, I'm closing at 70%. And all of a sudden you're slammed at 20. Yep. What did you do to psychoanalyze you, you, these poor guys to get them, to get them confident back and you know, and skilled to be able to get, you know, at least at that 50% or 45% or more. What did you well, have to do? Here's specifically what I did. Um, I sat down the sales team plus a sampling of a couple other people in the company, one from administration, one from operations, one from a couple from service, one, one customer care. I think it had about 10 people in the room. Mm -hmm. I said, well, we get, we've got a challenge. Uh, and I think I started with what's, it really started with uh, what's the most amount of money? Uh, how, what's the most amount of money a Coke, Coca-Cola costs? And people were right. like, well, a dollar at the fountain drink. And I was like, well, have you ever been to a game? Da, 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 da. And I said, what's well, different? So that we could just kind of started in the context of that. When you can get a can of Coke for 30 cents, why the flip would someone pay nine bucks at a game or right. ha have it hand delivered and generating the epiphany that, well, experience, you know? Right. right. And so next phase so that's kind of how it opened i said all right so we're going to go through a process and this may take days but what i want this team to do i'm going to put a challenge in front of you i want you to identify everything that this company does that the competition doesn't mm. and so we filled the whiteboard and and i sent that out for homework i said we reconvene in 48 hours and right. uh, brought them back and i was thinking you know we're going to get a good 30 things and uh, what ended up happening was about 260 things put up on the whiteboard. Wow, cool. And so then, then we had to do the mix match, you know, which ones are kind of can get lumped together. Let's condense it down a little bit. But my writing started out, you know, this big. And by the time yeah. I was a quarter of the way through the board, I mean, I'm writing microphone on a whiteboard and that thing was packed. Yeah. So then, um, then we got it all lumped together and I said, okay, next challenge. And this might take a day here's what we're going to do each person is going to write down on each of these items how much more you'd be willing to pay uh, mm. to, to have that as part of of this purchase yeah and and, and the experience and so and i pre-planned that i needed more than just the salespeople. i needed yeah. a belief system established in more areas of the company and i wanted right. the, the contrast of an accountant and what they value what they would yeah. value it at versus what a salesperson was. And so anyway, we um, we came to conservative consensus on each of those and in the outcome, measurable outcome, was that we were offering about 300 and some percent more than the competition and we're only like 70% higher. Yeah. That's a great yeah. deal. Shifted right. belief system and then, yeah. and then they ran out. And then that actually became an orientation training that I do for every new team member and it's it's the how we're different it's service legends awesome. and for it to make yeah. the list for something to make the list no more than one percent of the competition can do it wow and so That's you great. know it's, it's a little bit of a loose science yeah for sure i mean I, I, you know you know one you know but a very small fraction um, yeah yeah and then and then if that gets disrupted if belief system gets disrupted at all then i just i just have people go mystery shop oh and, okay yeah and walk it against the list yeah. If, they're, if they're having a problem with their 
you know, belief system isn't in play and they're like, right. oh, our prices are too high or whatever. Right. So it wasn't, it wasn't a, cause you knew the sales process, you guys could sell. It was a confidence issue. And they, and, and, and once you well, pro, pro, prove to them that they're worth that additional dollars, they could do well, what they were they, doing. Yeah. I, I had to convert because the, the reality, the reason they're set, closing was at 70% is because we're all offering all these value propositions and we're right. like, the same price as the competition. Of course, their their closing should have been ninety nine percent, basically. Right, right, I mean, right, sure. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that was the first major thing, and it's still in play in the organization. Um, yeah, it's a it's about a four and a half five hour training that I do, um, right? once a quarter for new team members. Okay. To give and and I and I and it's full of stories, you know, sure. stories for examples. But we walk through. I think we've trimmed it down to where it's maybe 125 things that we do that yeah. others don't. Um, right. We've we've eliminated little stuff over the years, but right. Um, and and kind of my challenge to them when I when I walk them through it is I'm just giving you these stories to borrow. Go find your own. Yeah. Right. You know, borrow like until you get yeah. your own, and right. and watch watch your watch your belief system and your value in this right. place um, continue right. to rise. Right. So they, they builds their confidence and also gives them technically ammunition in the home to discuss. Well, yeah. these are this is what we do that makes us worth this much yep. more. That's yep. fantastic. I love that. All right. So that's that that solved a, a gross margin and, and net profit issue initially. Oh, that solved a gross stuff. margin issue for sure. Yeah, for sure. You're bailing <laughs> yourself. I mean, you're bailing yourself out. Yeah, we, we went from 41% gross margin to. Um, within a year we're at 50% and then oh, wow. we average about 53, um, 54 on a good year. That is uh, good. So that's great. So that, that solves the numbers issue, but, but still the next thing that you discussed was, was culture mm -hmm. and that you'd recognize that you needed to maybe better define what the foundation of service legends was. And I, I always feel like core values are, is a big part of that. And it sounds like you had to determine what those were as well. So, it was that am i right that you had a kind yeah of yeah so again um i was just my style i uh i, I told the team we're going to go we're going to go on a quest um and the quest is not to get a set of core values in a handbook that get collects dust on a shelf right right um but that we're going to go on a quest to 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 come into agreement on the identity system of this business starting with values and then um it's going to be an important process because it's once we're done, we will draw a line in the sand and you mm -hmm. must be a core value match um, to be on this team. You will live them. And right. so it was 90 days, the back-to-back -back team meetings every week with the whole wow. team. Yeah. So again, whiteboard was filled with hundreds of core values and we debated and we talked about them. We put depth to them. And then we came up with them um yeah. 90 days or so and then then really that was kind of a next evolution uh, i turned over 80 percent of the team in a, right. about a two-year period right um which was a profitability issue as well because sure. now our average tenure was 1.2 years in a right. very sophisticated trade that requires sure. the mastery so yeah. um it was it was it was the next brutal fight was to to take that vision of the culture and bring it into reality. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I would say the last four or five years we average about eighty percent retention and that's great you know, ninety plus on core value match. And yeah. then we just the bar gets raised a little bit each year and yeah and um, we continue to uh, 
get better at I think I think part of it part of the part of the success was um not being held hostage for sure. I don't know how many times you can be here hear that, but um surrounding ourselves with top talent, always looking for great talent all the time, no matter what. Um and right. the whole is I mean, we're from Iowa, field of dreams, right? If you build yeah. it, they will come, right? Yeah. And so it's true. So we just stay in that vein and we continue to mine it and uh um, upgrade and upgrade and upgrade from a culture standpoint and the performance mm -hmm. follows, you know, right. Right. So, right. Yeah. What are, do you, I hate to put you on the spot, but what are your core values? How many do you have? You keep it pretty simple so people can quickly understand them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so we have five mm -hmm. and two of them are actually skills. Mm -hmm. Uh, it took me, I didn't realize that till a few years ago. They're not actually values. Um, so we're going to, we're going to actually change those out. I've been threatening to do it for like three years now and, and I know what the new ones are going to be. I just haven't done it yeah. yet. But anyway, enthusiastic attitude. And we define it as willing to face adversity with an I, I will overcome attitude. Um, and then the next one is integrity. And our definition, because we put definitions to all of them. So because there's so much interpretation for sure on a couple words. But our definition for that is courage over comfort, doing what's um, doing what's right, not what's fun, fast or easy. Oh, wow. That's good. Yeah. So then the next one is uh, serving heart, mm -hmm. um, which is uh, we define as the world is better because I'm in it. Simple mm -hmm. as that. Mm -hmm. And um, then the next two that are the skills are open, honest communication and teamwork. So mm -hmm. what we've come to recognize is uh, the open, open communication, ability to communicate well, that's a core competency that's important yeah. in the business, but it's not really a value. We can train anybody on that. Yeah. Same with teamwork. We can you can train people on teamwork. Mm -hmm. um, so we're going to end up um, replacing those two values with hunger. Okay. Um, and then the other will be honor. Okay. Now hunger I get because you want motivated people. What's, what's the honor? What's the represent? Well, you know, what's the meaning behind that? So I don't have a definition yet, but it will be something in regards to the pursuit of impeccability of character and right. and uh, seeing the best in others. That's great. Well, that's so good every, stuff, Brian. Yeah. Every, everybody's got a shot, you know. So yeah, I, I, I think I think that's a really deep well that I yeah that can spend the next thirty years mining and yeah. growing our culture. <laughs> right, right, for sure. So let's talk about that. I mean, I think it's, that's that's incredible. Uh, you guys spent so much time in defining what they were and, and getting everyone's input. Because again, not only do you get better, clear core values, you get buy-in, which is is sure. really without the buy-in, it's it's worthless, right? Uh, but at the same time, you also came to the realization that you did not have a match um, in much of your team with those values. How how did that? How did you come to that realization? Was it just seeing how people operated? Was it putting them on a plan and say, hey, we don't, I mean, like to turn your company over that much, you know, like what, what was that process like? Painful. Yeah. Um, but, but it was this it, visual realization that, that Joe does not fit I, and Jane does not fit. I, I, I'd love to say it was um, that I was just that decisive in that, but I, yeah. I, I wouldn't be honest. It, I, I wanted everyone to be the core values and I probably hung on to people way longer, and I and I I would say I the a lead, the a leadership mistake on my part is I weaponized the KPIs 
instead mm -hmm. of weaponize the core values. Um, yeah, and so people, people would, uh, I put too much pressure on the scorecard. And right. then when people weren't performing on said scorecard, then they would leave pissed off right. versus having the difficult conversations of shaping their values and, and, and things like that. So it was a mistake on my part, um, how I, how I did it. But then over time, you just, it, yeah, over the time it, it was, you know, those people left and we just got better at hiring mm. um, core value matches and better leaders that matched and embodied those values. And yeah, to the point where it took a while because, you know, you still have a couple that, that can't forget the past, you know? And, and so it took right. a while, but it's right. the people that are here are all in, you know, and it's, yeah. it's a, we're finally there, but that, I know it could have been done quicker. Um, and mm -hmm. I know I could do it quicker a second time, much yeah. quicker. Uh, yeah. just would, I wouldn't make near the amount of mistakes. Um, sure. But integrating it into our interview process, integrating it into our performance reviews process, um, right. and, and just staying obstinate in mm -hmm. this is the direction. Um, yeah. it's, it, it, it's really easy to grab a book and go, okay, we're going to implement this this month. Um, but these things needed to be really deeply rooted. It needed time. Yeah. It needed time for the the oak trees to grow. Support for this podcast comes from Rhino Fleet Tracking. Rhino is an industry-leading commercial vehicle tracking company with an array of vehicle and equipment tracking solutions, which provide you valuable data about your drivers and fleet. Their live Texas-based customer service has led them to more than 12 years of success. For SGI member discounts and more information, visit rhinofleettracking.com. Welcome back to the show. I'm talking with Brian Leach of Service Legends in Des Moines, Iowa. So far, we've learned Brian's story, and he's begun explaining how he turned Service Legends around after it cratered in 2010. Brian humbled himself and knew he needed to grow as a person and as a leader. He also needed to get back to the basics of running a successful business, and he recognized the extreme value of culture. In the second part of our conversation, we're going to talk about the two most important core competencies Brian values the most. We're going to talk about the value of coaching. We're going to talk about the criteria Brian's managers must have to be successful. We'll talk about how he took an install manager and converted him into a $3 million producing salesperson in that person's first year. And we'll talk about a whole bunch more. So let's jump jump back into my conversation with Brian Leach of Service Legends. The KPI is not who you are. Um, yeah. You know, take a look at where you are now and where you've come 10 years ago. Mm, yeah. There's a lot to celebrate in there. So yeah. set the goals, fine. But from a heart posture standpoint, live by the day, measure by the decade. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so I, I think it, it was a pressure relief valve. Yeah. For our people. Yeah. Um, to just go have fun and succeed. Mm -hmm. So yeah. And so what you would see people now, because you're not pointing at them, you didn't you didn't hit that yeah, they're, average ticket. They're common to other people and going, hey, hey, how do I do this? How do I do that? Right. Versus um, it's this big judgment that's coming down on them, taking their heart out. Right. So they're looking. I mean, obviously, you've got the right people. You've trained them. Yep. well, and, and, and they just had a rough they had a rough month or they had a rough couple of weeks. And, and mm -hmm. because they have the right mindset and you've given them the ability to to fail, you've also given them the ability and the confidence to get better. And so they yeah. well, it sounds like they're actively working towards get, getting better. And, and I'm, I'm assuming you see that guy, guys or gals that have a rough 
little spot they, they get themselves out. Yep. One of the sayings around here is um, management's responsibility is not to pick you up and carry you to the outcome. Our responsibility is to remove the obstacles that get in your way. So we're a support system. Right. What kind of opportunities do you provide, some coaching opportunities to, to have those discussions with Joe or Jane to see what's going on or why that KPI is not being met? I mean, maybe they just have something going on in their personal life. Do you guys have like regular one-on-ones or is it just you guys yep. always oh, have yeah. FaceTime with one another and you, you have those you know open, honest conversations behind closed doors or what do you, what do you guys do? Yeah, we, I mean, we're, we're praising public, uh, coaching private. Unless the other team members are coaching each other, which is fine. Yeah, right. We don't embarrass anybody. Um, uh, and so, yeah, we do the one-on-ones. We do ride-alongs. We do the role plays. I mean, we do yeah. what we were taught from the beginning, from SGI sure. and on. Um, and then it just gets a little deeper and more ingrained. Um, yeah. I particularly have a unique approach that I don't know that I've got it permeated into the culture in all of my leadership, but. My particular approach, if someone's not getting the result that they're that they're after, I yeah. always start with desire. Mm. Instead of telling them what I want, I ask them what mm. they want. Yeah, what do you want? You know, and right. and what that does is that opens up their heart and their mind and get it's almost like um it's like giving them the power mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, to shape their destiny. So that's like my that. particular technique. I just always right. start with desire. Yeah. What do you want? Right. And then, and then I'll do what's called maybe dual visioning. Okay. Um, is the things you're doing today going to get you what you want? Right. Right. Or not. And then right. ha have them answer it. Teach them to teach them to fish. Don't fish for them. Right. It's so it's incredible. So you put, you, you created these core values, created this culture, created this um, openness and, and willingness to, to take people's faults as long as they're trained right and, they, and they're the right people. And they yep. get themselves out, and you've seen your the company grow, uh, both in terms of revenue and profitability. Yep. Yeah. And then I think one 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 additional layer, and this is in one of our core competencies. We got two core competencies. What we want to be the best in the world at. Yep. One is um, training, broken mm -hmm. down into three categories: hard yep. skills, soft skills, life skills. Mm -hmm. That's what we want to be the best in the world at. Okay. And then the second is right people, right seat, right timing. And so we've really moved into this posture of if someone's not succeeding in a particular role, we've talked about desire. We've talked mm -hmm. about goal setting. It's, okay, what's the right seat on the bus? Yeah. Versus just write them off. I've made too many mistakes of putting force round peg in a square hole um, yeah. back in the day. And that that's disheartening for everybody. And so right. we, we really pay attention to right seat, right bus. Yeah. You know, right timing too. I mean, we've, right. we move people around. This is getting a little ridiculous now, but we'll move people around. I've had service technicians go, you know what? I got a degree in business administration. I just want to come in the office and, okay, cool. And, yeah. then, and then a year later going, oh, it all clicked now. I want to go back out in the field. So we have a lot of freedom on moving, moving people around in chess pieces. That's great. Um, I'd say that where we're really starting to shine the last couple of years is even in the leadership standpoint, just really open, candid conversations about org chart. Yeah. And we, as a leadership team, we can freely shuffle the deck and, and the egos are left at the door. That's great. That's so, great. And I'm glad you brought that up because that was my third, when that initial comment where you talked about how you dug out 
The third thing you yeah. talked about was bringing on management that you knew could talk to you earnestly, openly, and you being willing to accept it. Um, I, I, you know, I peeked at your website last night. I was kind of looking. It's neat you have you have your management team up there. Um, yep. So let, let's let's talk a little little details, and then we'll kind of get into how you guys communicate. You have two assistant general managers. Is that right? That's right. Okay. Now, why why the decision to split that into you know what's operations and sales and marketing? Right. Just felt like it was too much for one person, or, or you just preferred uh, to have well, them skill set fits that. It is, it's just a slight paradigm. I I um I trained up a GM and I trained them so dang good. They went and bought two companies in oh. other markets. They're like, I love ah. this model. And I'm yeah. like, well, and, and so it was just this subtle recognition that, okay, um, it, to handle the entire load, at least in that season, to handle the entire load without the, the, the return of, of the ownership type thing, um, was the specific scenario. So my my intermediate solution was, okay, um, I am going to split that role yeah. and I'm going to have two reports and yeah. um, one with an operational mindset and one with a um, salespeople, customer service type mindset. Right. And right. so, and, it, and again, it's just temporary. Um, yeah. yeah. And we're, we, we, we started the dance yesterday. Okay, what's it going to look like? Um, you know, just some truths coming into play over the last six months is 23 years in, I'm fairly tired. I'm ready for a reset. And that's not really an agreement. It's just more of, I need to figure out what the next 20 years looks like within sure. and, and, and how I can operate in my gifting at the, at the max here to bring the yeah. most value. And right. it's, I think it's a little bit more release of control. And then, right. And so get, we're getting ready to shuffle the deck again. We got some short term, short term stuff, and then we got some long term questions to answer. I'm taking this business from 13 to 20 to. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't have a stop at this point. Yeah. I just, we want to grow it. So that's great. That's great. All right. So, so your your reports are the two general managers. Is there anyone else that reports directly to you, just in terms nope. of the org chart breakdown? Okay. And let's see. Um, I also saw an operations manager. Uh, he yep. he. Who does he report to? You're one general manager, I suppose, that handles operations. Yeah, you got so I got AGM of operations, um, mm -hmm. who is uh, process oriented, uh, CPA yeah. financial background. Okay. Um, good. And so that operations manager uh, reports to her. And, Very good. Yeah. And how many how many reports does he have? Like how many? uh technician or service managers or are well, so he install managers he was he was a service technician a long time ago here yep. um left here came back for the service manager position and so okay. he he got the opportunity to contrast mm. two different environments and so yeah incredible belief system in the service legends way um yeah and he was ready for the next level um and so We've promoted him to operations manager, and now we got to backfill his service manager position. Got and it. so these are these are high priority items right now because he's got way too many reports. Well, what'll right. end up happening because we yeah. we opened up home performance, which is spray foam insulation, infiltration reduction, and, and oh, insulation. Okay. Yeah. We've opened up plumbing. Um, right. We launched plumbing this summer, and we're getting ready to launch electrical. And so what we're oh, okay. what we're moving towards is. Um, managers over each of these segments that report sure. to an operations manager sure. which is him but we got some backfilling to do so it'd be right. unfair to answer the question because he's got way too many reports yeah yeah 
So that's what you're. He's got he's got team leads in play and stuff, but we're working on that structure right now. So for sure, for for service manager, you know, and, and well, let's just unpack that one. How many have you people who you found a service manager can really handle uh, well? Is there we we always talk like eight, ten, or or, or have you found is it less? Is it more? What, it what depends do you, on it depends on if there's like um, supervisors or team leads, you know, partial infield, partial, um, yeah. and you know that helps but uh i think if it was a full-on if it was team lead it's it's five probably yeah. if yeah. it's service managers probably 10 to 15 yeah is the right amount um and i would say leading towards less is better um yeah. Yeah. and so as a service manager with three team leads um the gentleman who is now our operations manager he uh he had 20 service technicians and that's a lot. Yeah, that is a lot. Right. Right. And he was doing a really, really good job with it. And, uh, sure. but it's, it's going to suffer, um, yeah. in this most recent move. So we're working aggressively to backfill that. Right. Now I'm guessing you've got what the one install manager for the four crews. Yes. Yep. All right. And then yeah. you've got on the other side, your other, well, and the install manager that. manages the, well, it's five crews now. Um, crews. and then he manages the, indoor air quality team which is social okay. middle truck and um right. and the sheet metal shop what needs built out there uh, right. okay yep all right and then on the other side of the aisle we've got sales and how many how many comfort advisors are you running these days i think six six and then they report to a sales manager that reports to your assistant uh yep. okay yep very good and then she she all she has marketing um people that report to her she has human resources people she's a human resources background okay who, lo who loves marketing and gets excited yeah. about it um cool. and then she's got a call center manager reports to her. i was going to ask about call center okay that two, was man next two managers two players all right all right and what and what does your call center look like these days you have one call center manager this mm -hmm. how many dispatchers call takers three dispatchers uh i think we're light on call takers right now fill in some gaps but uh yeah it, it'll be six um we're, and then we're gonna hire an inside sales rep um soon oh that's good and then we've got sales lead coordinator and right. um and an assistant an assistant uh assistant manager um okay to just help balance the load because it's 24 yeah. 7 right and right. then we have a night auditor answers the phone lives live oh, okay. all night but then audits calls all through the night Oh, wow. That's interesting. So talk about that. What do you mean audits, calls? Like just listens for opportunity that was missed or what? Um, scores and grades, customer care reps oh. uh, with, a, with a quality score and on process, on script um, and pr produces measurements and scoring. Uh, for, wow. Okay. Know. And have you, know, have you noticed uh, booking percentages have gone up since that role was... Uh, was yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah our, we, we wanna, our booking conversion right now month to date is 94.88 percent wow that's it's pretty solid yeah that's beyond pretty solid that's fantastic yeah it was probably 81 percent um yeah which is what i hear pretty routinely so that's interesting so how does that work then so they they, they score your your call takers and then what they relay what they discovered to the manager and then the manager's kind of just has those tools in i have program. no idea <laughs> um i know right. I, I can look at the uh KPIs for mission control, booking conversion, client yeah. re-engagement, um, client 
engagement percentage, so uptime on the phone, and then CSAT, which is a client satisfaction score. And so there's a there's a scoring system that feeds into that KPI, and it's just yeah. walking down the checklist of the script and yeah. uh, you know friendly and and using questions on the phone and on process right. for script and and stuff like that. And then that it gets scored out, and then that data all aggregates up. So. Yeah. That's interesting. Now you said you're gonna you're looking to add a an outbound only, right? Like sales or not yes. sales, inside sales. What yeah. yeah, inside sales. Thank you. I'm stumbling all over myself. What was the uh, the rationale that you just see? There's lots of opportunity that to close. Just client, stuff? Yeah, client reengagement. First yeah. level one is would be um, non club member reengagement. Okay. Just selling tune-ups and safety inspections right. and and right. Um, then. Level two would be following up on opportunities and maybe closing some repairs or indoor air quality stuff. That's sure. that's a ways down the road, but I have a vision for it. But, yeah. And we've we've had our customer care team does a lot of outbounding and they do pretty good with it. Um, but the the personality matrix long term for customer yeah. service is different than sales. Um, right. And they can flow yes. back and forth a little bit, but. Yeah. Now you gotta you gotta have that thick skin, take a lot of no's and yeah, yeah, right. objections where we want, you know, a really good service customer service rep is going to advocate for the client and love on them and probably not push too hard on objections. Right. Inbound closing, sure, no problem. But yeah. outbound doing the doing the grind, that, that'll yeah. be a different personality. No, that, that's Long a good term. for people that are, are looking to develop their, their call centers. You're right. You're right. Similar um, must be a strong communicator, but for sure it's a different mindset and makeup. In terms yeah, of it's, response. it's, it's, it's a, I, a, I failed response is very different. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, oh, this is what I'm going to do next time. Okay. This is what I'm going to, you know, it's, right. it's, it's the hate to lose mindset. Customer, right. customer service rep is a love to win mindset. Right. Right. And that probably, if you have a, a C, you know, CCR, CCR, CSR, calling out and trying to close and they keep hearing no i mean that could probably wreck them for a day honestly if, if yeah they, yeah oh yeah if they're the, if they're the right mix for csr yeah yeah that's the spot that's good nugget all right so um we're getting a little bit of the weeds but i think that's good for people that are looking to build out their org charts to hear what somebody else has done um let's talk about these managers that you have that, that have populated yep. your business what what are their back i mean they're not all technical people right what they're from all sorts of different in industries my sales manager was a sales rep on my team. Um, formerly a regional sales rep at Staples, I think. And okay. then uh, my service manager, now operations manager, uh, was went through our program and then another four years, three years of field experience at another company and then came back. So um, he's got uh, he's got the mechanical background. Uh, yeah. And uh, he's a process type guy you know yeah yeah the process follow the process let's get on process right. um right and my agm of sales and marketing is a, a certified human resources manager you know so mm -hmm. she's a sherm and right. um with an entrepreneurial um you know she's she's got a very similar personality to me um mm -hmm. talk culture index or whatever you know her her yeah. is just like gus's and mine and just daredevil yeah yeah she's a daredevil actually yeah um and then uh and then missy um uh, agm of operations background in finance she's an accountant uh she yeah. she did irs audits and she uh she's she's numbers 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 and 
yeah. and and also very process driven and uh, right. um let's see what else uh plumbing manager is 20 years master plumber with no management experience yeah yeah so and that'll take a while to build but right uh, yeah um and then our installation manager uh just got promoted from the field he's yeah he's uh he's eight ten years of hvac and plumbing experience and yeah and uh he's uh, he's he fits the matrix of no management experience but hungry humble smart man he smart, asks for right. help what do i do and he's he's sharp so right so it sounds like the people that have, have raised within or the people that they 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 came through at the right time when you had built everything and yep. and you know you made sure you had the right people you trained them the right way and now they're yeah all and i've just overall just been um really surprised with the the hidden gems i've had in in here that i didn't realize i had yeah when right. i'm assembling the leadership team so right, oh, well, call I guess, center manager call center manager yeah. was formerly call center manager nationwide you know so okay um i yeah. guess you know you said you surprised yourself but i guess it comes back to that hungry humble humble smart right you see someone as they are today but that yep. person sees themselves as something else in five to ten years you go wow like we knew you were, you had the qualities, but it's still it's it's incredible to see them uh, take yeah. themselves to a, sec, a second and third level. Yeah, when they're when they're quietly pursuing mastery level, and then all of a sudden they're like, "I'll do that." What? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, I thought you were gonna be in that role forever. Fantastic. Let's talk yeah, about that's it. Great. You know, that's cool. That's super cool. Um, are those the strongest personality traits of your of your great your your best leaders and managers? Is the hungry, humble, humble, smart? Are there other things you go? They all seem to just be hard workers or X, Y, and Z. Again, I, I bring this up because there's so many people that are looking at people that management in their businesses and they go, who am I looking for? Like, I just don't know where to start. I just I just was in the truck myself a few years ago and now I'm adding all these levels and I'm, you know, their heads are spinning. So what what additional advice would you would you provide for them? Diversify. Mm -hmm. Yeah, get um, belief system strong. Yeah. In the in the culture in the company, first and foremost. Yeah. Um, uh, I let's see. I was just writing this down. What am I looking for uh, outside of hungry, humble, smart? Um, every manager in this business for for what we do has to have capacity to build personal relationships. Mm, they have yeah. to be relational. Um, right. The sec the second minimum criteria is they have to have credibility and authority in the subject matter that they are leading. Mm -hmm. um, doesn't mean that a service manager has to have HVAC background, but right. they have to have credibility and an authority in a category that brings significant value to those technicians' lives. Right, right. They have to, you know, because people follow credibility and authority. Right. And um, and so, and then the and then the third is hungry, humble, smart. So. Yeah. Um, and I get. I think the other thing that I'm coming to recognize is if it takes four years. To, to become a journeyman in the trades yeah. and, and to start even tasting mastery level, yeah. it sure as hell isn't gonna get done turning a, man, a, a person into a manager in six months. That's a good point. Yeah. That's a very good it's point. It's not gonna happen. Um, and so it's um, test the waters, you know, start yeah. training leaders before they have the title and put them in leadership trainings and give them a little responsibility, not, don't sink them. I mean, we wouldn't yeah. throw a, we wouldn't we wouldn't uh, take a technician and then you know set them in a lab for two weeks and then go have them yeah. run no heats and no cools. Yeah. So yeah. Why would we do that with managers? I think that's 
I'm just coming to that. I've probably told myself that a few times in the last five years. And you're, I got to remind myself, yeah. it, takes a, it takes a few years to develop a good manager. That's a really, that's a, you know, it makes sense when you hear it, but you don't think yep. about it until someone says it. Yep. And I, so I, I want to chase that a bit. So what is, um, what does training look like? Is it just a series of conversations and coaching them through different circumstances? Well, we, um, similar to what we would do with the technicians, you know, we got formal yeah. training outside of service legends on yeah. process and sales or whatever. And then, yeah. um, I think probably one of the greater breakthroughs that we did is we, we ask our technicians to role play, mm -hmm. but we yeah. don't. Yeah. And so, you know, when, if I feel like there's some areas for development, we'll just teach, I mean, I'll teach internal. Uh, management techniques yeah. and topics and things uh they go through formal trainings outside of here we have a, a management trainer that comes in and teach topographically teaches you know conflict yeah. resolution and and um uh time management and yeah. all all those categories that's great um and then i'll and then i'll put uh, my kind of one of my roles when needed is i'll put it in play and i'll role play yeah um, i've got an open door managers uh and i've i've gone we've gone through seasons where every every week we role played for an hour exactly. and a half it's like wow. what's the topic give frame and frame the topic all right you two are in the yeah. hot seat have the conversation and then i and i give them rapid fire feedback systems do it again mm -hmm. okay and then i'll ask the other person the recipient the um client in this scenario the right i uh, say so how, how's how's this conversation making you feel right now yeah and uh, are you are you getting ready to walk out excited are you encouraged you know and so it's, just yeah. challenging those soft skills and in the in the conversation flow. So we, yeah, we role play it. Is there is there um, how do you determine what soft skills are, are required that do you need additional more training? Is it just like let's bring and talk about as many as possible that affect that we see in our business, or you like hey I just noticed you know I don't know the technician certain department is is kind of just not got that right vibe and so we need to figure something out or I mean, how do you how do you determine that? It just seems like it's a difficult thing to pinpoint. I just I, I ask a lot of questions. Um, yeah. I, I put my technician hat on and what's really going on here? Right. And then and then I'll listen. Um, yeah. and then I'll give a doc diagnosis or I'll or I'll ask a question. Well, is it possible that this is what they're feeling? This is yeah. you know, it's the it's it, I, I'm a results oriented person, so right. If, in the definition of insanity, if we're not getting the result that we're after, let's take a look at it. And yeah. and so I'll ask the heart questions, like, well, what's that person want? Yeah, well, I don't know. We'll go find out. Maybe yeah. what they want, what you want, is two different things. Right. Have a have a conversation on that, or yeah. um, tell me what you think's going on, and then and then I'll just listen, ask a bunch of questions, and and I'll. I'll propose, well, what if it's this? What if it's, that's just one layer deep in the onion. What if this is what's really going on? Yeah, yeah. Have you asked this? Have you asked that? Oh, no, that's good, so. Right, it's kind of like sales in a way, right? You, you don't answer. Oh, it, it is. Answering with a question, yeah. It is with, with an increased emphasis on the genuine care. It, right. Of, of the, of the um, long-term relationship. You know, right, 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 and and that matters on the client side too, for um, sure. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it the each one of our people is going to impact 
lots and lots of clients. So yeah, I, I don't know. I call it heart diagnostics sometimes. I like that. That's good. Do you have a few more minutes? There's a few things I'd sure. like to ask yeah. you. Okay, yeah. awesome. Um, there's two big chunks that we haven't addressed. Now, you a lot of your technicians, a lot of your people have all been homegrown, right? You, you did did you build out a technical center or something, or you have a whole process for how we people a, are built up? We have a federally and state state approved apprenticeship program. Um, okay, that's and, what I thought. Something. And, yeah. And so you know that's the on paper and um, yeah. and we've got we've got you know within the guidelines of that you know we've got to do a minimum of 144 hours of of training for each yeah. technician and all that but we yeah. comboed into technical training and and soft skill training and and it's a little different but there's there's a good amount of structure to it but there could always yeah. be more sure okay so do you have like a lab within within the uh... yeah we got a lab in the building um yeah. we got communication training rooms um we've got uh We've got a mechanical engineer that was formerly an instructor at at a trade school. Okay. And um, so he's our full time trainer, and he okay. trains in small pods so that he can he can go into the level of okay. what the technician's at. You know, yeah. so he, it's like two or three technicians, and he's training for a day, and then the next day it's two or three more, and then the, and he just rotates got so it. that he so that you know you don't have half technicians go man I know all this crap I'm just doing a drill but um, right right right. Just building another schedule. You're just you're coming in for this chunk of time to work with with him. Yep. Okay. Now, now, when you um, well, first of all, I guess, do you earmark people? Okay, you're gonna you just seem to be more destined to be an installer. You're destined to be more in service, or do you prefer to them to start and install and then show technical competency and then okay, you've got some communication strengths, so we'll move you into service. Or what is oh, your that's outlook? A, that's on a that? giant experiment. Um, it is a giant experiment if um i i'll do people will apply we recruit for apprentices okay and 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 you know service and install apprentices both and through the interview process we'll determine where we're going to place them and part part of that is based upon need sure which you know which one do we need to beef up more yeah and then which isn't the right decision but anyway and then part of it is where we part of it is where we think they're going to excel the best but but since we've had the freedom we've opened it up a lot more free to, to move chess pieces around we'll have service yeah. technicians that will move over into install literally my number one salesperson um this year is look like he's knocking on the door of three million and this is his first year selling really yes sir wow so he he was a carpet layer. I handpicked, recruited him. Yeah. He he spent four years in installation. He became the installation manager. And then one day he calls me and he says, "I want to try sales." He said, "He said I remember when you told me when I took the installation management position that um, I hadn't yet experienced the category on the service side." I said, yeah. and, and I to, I told him that may limit some of your opportunities in the future." in what you can lead because you have strong credibility and authority on the operational side and, and, and the installation of things but if you if you want to go into higher levels of leadership you may want to consider uh, making sure you've got some credibility and authority on the soft skills side of this business aka service well yeah. he just popped it one day and he said i remember that conversation from a few years ago and and i want i want to i want to do sales i'm like okay so we need to find your replacement and uh as installation manager and we January one, he started and uh, he's wow. run rating for three million. 
That is nuts. Well, we're going to have to have him on the show at some point then. That's yeah. $3 million he's, in the first year is something else. Yes. Yeah. And he's super optimistic. But what? But here's the beauty of it. I th this is where the experiment came in. I thought, you know, he is very much a charismatic, optimistic. Um, come on, guys, we got this, you know, yeah, super yeah. enthusiastic um, type leader terrible attention to detail um he, he can do it but it, it'll he has to get it out you know organizational yeah. skills ah, yeah, right. you know very right. similar to me in that aspect and, <laughs> and i and i sitting there scratching my head one day and i and i said i wonder how much credibility and authority and confidence it puts in a person's heart if they've got installation background and then they move into the sales category so it was an experiment i right. i initiated it with a different person I said, yeah. have you thought about, um, you know, going from installation over to the service side? Because I knew he was really hungry for money. Yeah. And and that path had started, but then the manager that that was helping nurture that path just made the decision. Yeah, I'm gonna go to sales. Wow. It clicked for him. And anyway, so. Um, well, I do think that experience matters in the heart of confidence and self belief, and yeah. the ability to speak. Uh, from authority and credibility. So yeah. um, I would have never career path installation technician to management to number one sales rep. Yeah. So I think it's just but, part of the be open to moving yeah, say, pieces around. You mentioned it earlier and I said, you know, if you had that mindset of no, you really are good at that and we want you to be good at it. You know, we yeah. stay in your, you know, stay in your lane. You missed right. you would missed out of three million dollars revenue. So yeah. That's incredible. That's a good story. All right. All right. I got another little jump because I've noticed you've rebranded yourself. Yes. Uh, so let's, let's dive into marketing a little bit. You're, you, you've done this every 10 or so years. I feel like you, you, you went from a Leachman when the, when the yellow pages were, where, where was, where was at to service legends. Well, it was originally Alger Leachman, then a Leachman, then Leachman yeah. and uh, came up with the name Service Legends, so we made it Leachman Service Legends for a while to piggyback the brand over. Yeah. Um, and then it was, then it was really a, a upgrade to the professionalism and colors and and because oh. uh, I'm I'm not very visual. I'm, mm -hmm. I mean, I had the I had the Service Legends fans looking like NASCARs and whatever. So yeah, we we went for a real clean, posh, professional, um, less distraction type brand. All right. And, and even the colors change. It's more than just clean lines. It's like a little darker well, colors, right? It's a deep purple. Um, right. With a, uh, we had to name the color because there is no name for it, but a Dragonfire Red. Nice. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's four colors in the brand now. And, I, you know, the, the first disruption was, well, we went ahead and took a look at the heating and air conditioning companies across the market. And uh, we wanted to take a look at your colors. And 80 some percent of, the, of your competitors use the color red and blue yeah. just like you yeah. and so how are you going to stand out i'm like oh good right. point yeah so very so they did they propose the colors or you just said i i kind of like they gave us like 20 of them and okay yeah i felt i fell in love with the deep purple just go from cool. a deeper meaning you know royalty yeah. and the knights of the round table legends, yeah. yeah legends right. yeah, yeah that's yeah. cool all right so how long did that take I mean, you're rewrapping vehicles. I mean, that's uh, that's not a small undertaking at your size. Um, we did a big. It was sixty days, six oh, about six months of discovery, and then um, all for a deadline to roll out new website yeah. and brand standards and 
vehicle. Yeah. So it, it took a little while, about wow. six months. That's crazy. Now, what is your, um, to get a little more strategic in marketing, what's your, what's your marketing mix these days? What seems to be doing the best for you? I know you were big on TV and radio at one point. Is that still yep. part of it? As yeah, well? we're st- yeah. Yeah. I'd say that's probably about, I don't know, somewhere between 50 and 60% of the right. total marketing budget. And then uh, a lot of digital. Yeah. Um, we've, fi- we've just this year for the first time in like eight years started experimenting with some direct mail again. Okay. Um, Scotastic is oh yeah help help him with that and great and uh, I, I I'm completely out of it now I'm out of the marketing yeah. every once in a while I'll um, radio ads will come through me and I'll reword it a little bit and I go record it but the creative side of it um I I I do a little more than maybe consult a bit yeah maybe. you and you really enjoyed that I thought back in the day well it was again stripping control away. Um, the, right. the greatest, the, the profound statement of the greatest strength of the leader can become the biggest bottleneck right. of its growth. And so yeah. really I'm on a quest to train my replacement for everything in here so that I can really discover what the heck I want to do here. Right. Right. So, yeah. Well, that's a good, that's a good transition to kind of wrapping up. Um, what do you, I, I, and maybe you don't know this cause it sounds like you're, you're still kind of searching for it. So other than searching for your replacement, what do you see as the next 10 years for service license and for yourself. Yeah. So I, I want to build a, I want to build a trade school. Um, okay. We're looking for second location right now. And I, I, I'm talking two, two classrooms, full size classrooms and a triple trade uh, lab. That's yeah. real posh. And, and uh, yeah, I want to be a training center uh, for um, lots of, not just us, yeah, but I want to be able to. So I want to build the infrastructure here. Yeah. Um. It's and it's weird. It's a stubborn patience because I am not a patient person. Right. Um, but I'm really right. stubborn when I think something's the right way, and so yeah. that will overweigh the. And I think the right way is to never be held hostage in our success. Yeah. And so, right. um, I want to build an infrastructure here in leadership and management development. Um systems and in trades skill development soft skill and hard skill and that yeah. um to be able to deploy into other markets oh um, okay yeah so that's exciting so yeah I've, i mean i've i've had lots of opportunities to go in other markets and sure no not yet yeah no, we're gonna build i don't want to build it on sand right uh, right so do you do you have an idea of where you would would look or it's not even that's not any matter yeah i mean i mean i mean we do i have it stated on our on our plan that you know we'll start out midwest why uh why go try and figure out how to do heating and air conditioning in 72 degree uh lovely san diego when i know the environment here and there's a ton of market right here and oh yeah and then if maybe i were to get a plane then i don't have to fly it all the way across the country i don't know whatever right right yeah similar weather patterns and Midwest is good for, I mean, you know, you get the, the hot, hot and the cold, cold, right? So, yeah. Yep. <laughs> so, well, excellent. Well, good. Well, what, let's see. I mean, I, we've covered a lot today, Brian. I th- I don't know that there's anything more I could, I'm sure there's a lot more. Advice, but like we're, we're over there's an hour. There's only so much that the audience can digest. Can take, that's right. That's right. Yep. And uh, thank you for being so open about your story and, and sure. how things are run at Service Legends. I think there's tons of great nuggets for people to take. Um, and just really, I really appreciate your time and, and your openness and, and just thank you for, for being willing to, to share it all with us. 
yeah, absolutely. All right, Appreciate buddy. you, buddy. Yeah, it's so good to see your face, and uh, hopefully uh, maybe I'll see you at the next expo. You will. That's Brian Leach of Service Legends in Des Moines, Iowa. Thanks for joining us. If you feel like you have a great story worth sharing that would also help other contractors, email me at bhouchin at yoursgi.com. Also, if you enjoyed today's episode, if you're on YouTube, give us a like and subscribe. If you're on your favorite podcast player, leave us a five-star review. And please join us for future episodes. It's my promise to you that we will continue to interview successful contractors and other influential individuals in the residential contracting world. This is a successful contractor powered by Success Group International. Support for this podcast comes from Staples. Stocking your office shouldn't be difficult. Multiple vendors with separate invoices can create more work than you realize. Staples aims to be your one source for everything your business needs. As an SGI member, you'll receive access to staplesadvantage.com. 3,000 aggressively priced items up to 30% off list price on the products you use most. Dedicated account management and award-winning customer service, free next business day delivery on orders over $50, plus a generous rebate. Use staplesadvantage.com and order today. The Successful Contractor Podcast is part of the Success Group International family. SGI is the largest member-owned best practices organization for independent residential services contractors. SGI provides its members a competitive edge through proven proprietary management tools and expertise, marketing programs, training, and group buying power, along with a highly active and eager to help membership. For more information about Success Group International, visit www.yoursgi.com.